The sing-along podcast would not be possible without the amazing people at Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to record a podcast. First of all, it's free. No hidden fees, nothing. It's completely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or you can upload an already recorded episode directly to the app or the website. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can even monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you've ever had an idea for a podcast but you just didn't know where to get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Hello music lovers, songwriters, this is Casey from Second Echo, and welcome to the Sing Along Podcast. This week I had the privilege of sitting down with another extremely talented local Las Vegas artist. He's one of the most unique and creative songwriters I've ever had the pleasure of knowing, Mr. Joey Hines. Joey's unlike any other artist we've ever had on this podcast. He's funny, he's quirky, he's witty. But he also has this deep, sentimental, emotional side that really came out in this episode. This first track from Joey's debut album entitled Hindsight is probably one of the first songs I ever remember hearing Joey play. It really captures his unique style and personality and it's still to this day one of my favorite songs of his. Here's Joey Hines with Chinese Food and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 22 just out of college Paying rent on an apartment Where I didn't eat or sleep Cause I was sleeping with you Every afternoon Staying up all night Over a tray of player break goods And yeah, the sex was great but it was just one part of the heaven that was our love. The sex was great. But for some reason I keep thinking of Chinese food and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Chinese food 
sauce, you were sweet, but now without some attitude. And just like the first season, you were hard to get into. And just like a broken heart, you were hard to get into. And just like the music industry, you were hard to get into. And I lived that dream, I was there. I didn't care, I let you go How did I dare? All I had to do was let that dream continue Seven years and I'm still thinking about you Time has wet my skin But never my Joey Hines, you have no idea how much I've been looking forward to this episode of Sing Along Podcast and having you on. We're going to put that right up there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I several months ago I had Kelly Dorn on the on the podcast, and uh, we were talking about just our different styles of writing, and we both agreed that Joey Hines can write a song that has three and four verses, but if Kelly and I write a song that gets into a third verse, we're doing something wrong. (laughs) And so, uh, but he also was like, man, uh, you gotta have Joey on the podcast. I go, yeah, of course I do. But I was like, I don't know if I know how to get a hold of him. I didn't know if I had any of your contact info. And then I was playing Tivoli, uh, Tivoli village and you were walking around and I was like, Oh wait, I think that's true. I couldn't tell with the mask, but I was like, I think I swear that's him. And so you, you, we locked eyes and I had my looper pedal going and I, and I we like walked over and was soloing over my, over my loops. And I was like, Hey man, I was like, 
you gotta you gotta come do the podcast <laughs> i was like this it was a serendipitous moment to like yeah, connect us yeah yeah so, i was like i think that's casey over there so i walked over to say hi and yeah in the middle of the song in the middle of your right your yeah right in the middle it was like this moment <laughs> it was like it was meant to be you know so so speaking of of the of the verses and the, and just the the storytelling uh, nature of your songwriting what's so amazing to me i was <laughs> going through what we just listened to buffy and there's four verses there's a bridge and there's five choruses and each one is different. <laughs> I just think that's so, that's so amazing. Talk to me a little bit about Buffy, Chinese food and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. So this song, uh, came about, uh, you know, let me pull this in here, but, uh, yeah, this song came about, um, it was actually inspired by a poem that a friend of mine wrote, uh, okay. a poet named Chelsea Bergen, um, she wrote this poem and the poem wasn't called Chinese food and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but there was a line in the poem Yeah, with with uh those two things you know kind of juxtaposed sure. uh together and i was like that's a that's just a cool like combination of things yeah and, um i told her i was like that that really should be a song and she was like i would endorse a song like that so i ended up doing it uh, <laughs> and uh you know it's so that was kind of the the initial inspiration but then there's a lot of uh you know it's a song about food and it's a song about tv but it's also a song about lost love and yeah. i wanted that to be um the core of it and i wanted to kind of push uh the i wanted to ex- experiment and see like how much can i talk about food and tv while still having this song be an emotional experience and not just go into completely like silly t- silly territory you yeah know? yeah so um that's what it was and yeah the verse thing it's it comes from uh i am i'm just kind of a folk uh nerd you know yeah. like uh bob dylan is kind of my uh probably my biggest inspiration as a writer That's and great. uh and he uh does that all the time you know his songs Absolutely. have like nine ten eleven verses <laughs> yeah. and um so it's a little bit of that like i just uh, i keep finding ideas uh uh you know new ways to use the rhyme scheme and i'm like oh i gotta put that one in there and oh, maybe yeah. i just suck at like editing myself down but yeah. usually i err on the side of putting more of them in there than less and then uh it's also a little bit of uh weird al i was uh <laughs> Uh, I was obsessed with him as a kid and uh, the chorus thing comes straight from him. Like he, when he uh, writes a chorus to his song, it's never the same chorus uh, over and over because, because right. he's a comedy writer and, and it's I not funny that. when you hear that. the same thing yeah, yeah. over and over, you know? So I, and I love that about your music that, you know, Chinese food and Buffy the Vampire. So you would come to open mic and everybody knew that song. Everybody knew that was your song and they would request it. And so it's such a strong hook that that line alone was your hook. And you didn't have to repeat the same chorus each time, as long as you had that line. And then you would vary each chorus after that. It was just beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of the, what impresses me about hearing a good songwriter is um, hearing an unusual rhyme. Uh, in a way that makes sense. So yeah. I try to put that same kind of element into my own yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, it's almost like a little game. I'm like, what can I like, what can I say that they're not going to expect, but they're going right. to be like, wow, that was good. Like <laughs> yeah. good turn of phrase. So, yeah. so thank you. Speak. You're welcome. Speaking of that, one of the things that stood out to me about this song later on, you use the word soothsayer and, and okay, I got to find the line real quick. Cause it was, <laughs> it was, 
with a show on TV and a cookie to be our soothsayer, which that's probably one of my favorite lines from the song. But what I love about it is using the word soothsayer. It sounds like a challenge where you'd be like, oh yeah, we can't, I bet you can't put soothsayer into a song. You're like, <laughs> challenge accepted, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know if it's normally advisable. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't like, uh, you know, if I was telling someone how to songwrite, I wouldn't, I might not tell them to yeah. use that word too often. Yeah. But uh, in this case, yeah, you know, the song has a bit of mysticism to it. It's yeah. about vampires. Yes. So I was like, yeah. maybe this works. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So as I'm as I'm going down through the song, the other thing that stood out to me is I love the the pop culture references that you have, other than Buffy uh, and the show. There's uh, the Chinese food, the crab rangoon. There's the General Tso's chicken, and I love that in songs. And I I'm always mad when I hear people do it because I wish. I could do it. I always feel so hacky when I try to, when myself, when I try to do it, but when I hear other people do it, I'm like, Ooh, that's such a great, that's such a great idea. I love that. For example, one of the guys that I had on the podcast, uh, several weeks ago put the word uh counting crows there he was driving on the road listening to counting crows and and it took me there it took me to my teenage years when i listened to counting crows and so i love those references because it allows the listener to travel back to a memory or to travel back somewhere to where they have a connection with that pop culture reference and so i i think it's important I, i love when people do it and yeah you can overdo it but i think more than anything, it, it helps you to visualize or takes the listener to that. It helps them experience it almost like a movie, almost like seeing a movie. Yeah. Know? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 I think if you have a connection with like a certain piece of, uh, you know, media or something that, uh, that gets mentioned in a song. Yeah. Sometimes it can have that effect where you're like, Oh yeah. And it kind of yes. takes you back to a moment. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so later on in the song, when you get to the bridge, you have this epic string of similes where each one is more thought provoking and more clever and just funnier than the, than the last one. So, uh, just like sweet and sour sauce, you were sweet, but not without some attitude. I love that one. (laughs) Just like the first season of Buffy, just like the first season you were hard to get into, which that probably is my favorite one. Marty from the open mic, Marty and I the other day, we're talking about that line. We're like, that is such an ingenious line. I love that line. Uh, just like a broken heart, you were hard to get into. And as I'm sure we'll talk about later on, as we go through this, uh, podcast, just like the music industry, (laughs) you were hard to get into. And so I love this idea that this is one of the things that drew me to your music is just the clever nature of how you turn these phrases and how you use them. Thank you. I should throw out there, um, since you're complimenting those lines that this song was a co-write with uh, my friend Grant and a couple of those were, um, were his, were his, uh, were his lines. Yeah. That's so, great. uh, yeah, that's Grant Nordine who I've written a lot of songs with. Um, and it was actually, it, it was really serendipitous because he, uh, uh, had these lines that he didn't, really know what to do with and yeah. he was like here joey he's like uh i've got this whole like hard to get into idea that i'm trying to like kick around uh and uh and he had he had a line about the first season of buffy and it and he didn't know that i was writing a song about chinese food and buffy so i was like well this is this kind of fell in my lap That's so am- that so, is serendipitous yeah so right? we kind of put yeah. it together yeah. and uh yeah that's yeah. amazing. Well, and speaking of the Buffy references, I was driving around in the car the other day and my wife was with me and I said, Hey, I'm going to be interviewing this guy, Joey Hines. I don't know if you've heard his music. So I pulled up Buffy so that she could listen to it. And I go, Oh yeah, there's all these really deep, uh, Buffy references. I've never seen an episode, so I don't get them. She's like, Oh, I love that show. I got every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So she like totally connected with it. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> so the one last thing about this song, I want, 
that really stood out to me, the last chorus, uh, you said Chinese food and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, simple pleasures of life that were made to be shared. I want to go back, but God doesn't grant that kind of prayer. It's that simple pleasures of life. And it really struck me. It's the little things in our life uh, that you remember. And that, that's such an intriguing thought to me uh, that when I go back to areas, uh, to times in my life where they're the fondest memories, they're the warmest memories that I have, they're really the small elements of those moments that are the most are that are the fondest memories and I, and I think that gets lost and, and sometimes I look back on those moments and I think what are the things now what are the small things in my life now that I will look back on this moment and say <laughs> this was a good time and this is why you know the the Chinese food or whatever it is that the small areas of my life and so I just wanted to maybe hear like obviously this is something really important to you in your life as well yeah no that's great I like that uh turn on perspective you had there yeah. what can I what am I gonna be uh you know, thinking about that I'm doing now, what right. am I going to be thinking about later? You know, yeah. but yeah, life is strange. It is like, uh, little things like that sometimes that you, uh, that you look back on and you kind of like long for, you know, just like, uh, like drinking hot chocolate with someone or like walking in the rain. Like, it's like, yeah. well, you know, what is the, you know, cause what is life really about? Like, I don't think like when I think about like the best moments of my life, it's rarely like something big and right. like uh, crazy, like a, I don't know, a graduation or something. It's <laughs> totally. like, it's like the little like quiet moments. So, um, and I think in this song, what I was really digging at was like, um, even though it's all about Chinese food and Buffy, like it's not, that's not what mattered. What mattered was, uh, the person who was there yeah. sharing that with me. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's also just a theme in my music that I keep coming back to is trying to find power in, uh, like the mundane, you know, trying to find yeah. like emotion in uh, just uh, the the boring things that make up ninety percent of our yes. lives and what we do, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's something that uh, uh, I I admire a lot in other songwriters, um, like uh, Phil Elvrum, the uh, Mount Erie guy. His lyrics are like so, you know, it's like I was writing in my journal at four thirty-two a.m. and there was a dog barking outside and you don't know why it's like talking about nothing you know just like a boring thing but you you connect but that's with it so kind much. of the point that's kind of the point a yeah, little yeah. Bit. yeah 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 counting crows are the same way they're always like name dropping like oh random he's like yeah. i was at the belvedere theater and you've never been there but for no. whatever reason you yeah you feel like you were you know yeah you t you you get it you yeah, just yeah. somehow you get it yeah counting crows is a great example of that and that that was actually one of the things i was thinking of when i was thinking of your music because as we were talking about you having so many you know verses and choruses and so many words but it works and counting crows was another band that did that i loved counting crows growing up i listened i own all of their albums yeah. you know and i loved how he crammed words he would cram words into a song and i'm like i don't get how that works sometimes you know it seems like it would be cluttered but he, but it isn't he just he's a ma he's masterful at it you know? yeah he does do that it's like he it's almost like he's fitting like too many words in a yes. line like i'm like if i tried to sing that i wouldn't be able to do it but he he just has a cool like rhythm about him and he, he makes it work you yeah know? um yeah they were a big band for me too i love listening to um live recordings of them like the um there's a live album called across a wire and yeah. like the way he will like improvise like oh my gosh new have you ever seen them his... live no i never have okay. i would love to yeah. I, I i saw them live back in oh my god i can't remember it was late 90s early 2000s and it was it was really uh surprising i i get what you're saying because these classic songs that you would go it was almost like they couldn't 
perform it the, the way that they did it on the album. They had to change it up. And so they were nothing. And I, I don't mean they were slight changes. I mean, it was like, it was like a new 65% song. of the, of the song was different, whether yeah. it be his melody line that he sang or the arrangement or whatever. Yeah. 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 I always liked hearing him mess with it like that, yeah. you know, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah. One of the things that I've tried to remind myself, uh, in when I try to say, okay, what are the things today that I'm going to remember. I've tried to have this kind of new mantra. It's like, I want to make new memories today. Yeah. I want to make at least one new memory every day. And I just think that's such, that's echoed so strongly here in this song. I love it. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. That's a great thought. Yeah. You know, this uh, song and um, the album that it's on is, uh, it's called hindsight. Yeah. And uh, the whole album is about, um, is about memories and uh, you know, the past, whether you're living in the past or dwelling on the past or trying to learn from the past. Uh, and, uh, it, it, yeah, it's all about that kind of fixation. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, it's been a similar thing for me in, uh, you know, thinking about these themes so much, you know, I've kind of come to this similar place where I'm like, what, how do you really live in the present? You know, like, yeah. uh, how do you stay aware of your past and learn from it, but really, uh, focus on where you are now and yes. have that presence of mind to, yeah. uh, to enjoy what's happening around you. you know? Yes. It's yeah. a struggle. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a, uh, probably a universal struggle. You know, that's really? something I, I would think so. You know, yeah. that's what, uh, that's what, uh, a lot of people are trying to do, you know, yeah. that's what, uh, the whole, uh, like mindfulness thing, yes. mindfulness thing is it's, yeah. uh, you know, trying to be here and now. And, uh, yeah. um, I don't know if, you know, I'll ever quite get there, you know, hundred percent of the time, yeah. but it, but yeah. it's a good thing to strive for. Strive for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in just a moment, I want to talk about another song from your new album, but before we do that, I want to give it a plug because I know it just came out within the last few months. It's true. So where can we find Joey Hines's music? Yeah, you can find uh, Joey Hines's music uh, anywhere online uh, where you normally stream music. It's on Spotify. Uh, it's on um, Apple Music and Amazon. Uh, it's on Bandcamp. Bandcamp is my um, yeah. favorite place to get music just because uh, it's a really good model for artists. Yeah. Um, also, you know, if you're a musician and you're not using Bandcamp, you should get on there because it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, probably anywhere else you look to, I think yeah. you can find it on like Deezer or whatever, yeah. uh, YouTube, yeah. you know, yeah, whatever totally. random thing you listen on. Well, and the thing I've been encouraging the listeners of this podcast to do is YouTube and Spotify and Pandora are all great if you want to just check out and discover new artists. But when you find somebody that you really connect with, if somebody is listening to this episode and they really connect with you, I w I've been encouraging people do not stream, go download, go buy the album, go buy merch. If it's available, go see them live. You know, all of these things that invest in you as an artist, because that's what propels you. That's what sustains you. That's what helps you, uh, helps fund you to be able to create new music, you know? And I feel like that's been lost a little bit for artists because they say, oh, I'll just stream them on Spotify. Well, that doesn't really do anything for us, <laughs> right, you know? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. so if you've connected with Joey, go, go to those sources where you can actually invest in Joey and, um, tell me, do you have merch? I do. Yeah. Um, so, um, I've got, a. I've got a few physical CDs I've made, okay. um, and uh, you can order those online through yeah. my Bandcamp page. Uh, that's joeyhines.bandcamp.com. I do also sell a T-shirt. Uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about this T-shirt on this podcast. Well, but, uh, so if it's the one I'm thinking of, go ahead, because I, I have a funny observation. Yeah, so this T-shirt, um, on the front of the T-shirt, uh, it has my name. Specifically, it has the phrase... Joey Hines is what the t-shirt says. <laughs> and the, the very fact that I wanted you to bring this up understands that I make this a clean podcast. And so I'm going to have to edit out all of this, but it cracks <laughs> me up that you have shirts that say F 
Joey Hines well, <laughs> and that, realizing that talking about it is going to cause more work for me, but it's still so funny. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I like to say at my shows, I like to say, if you like my music, I have CDs. And if you don't like my music, I've got a shirt that says Joey Hines. So, you know, there's something for everyone, right? It's, that is glorious. That is absolutely <laughs> glorious. I love it. So whenever I would hear you play at open mic, you had such a unique style and it made me wonder what some of your influences were. And so we've touched on some of them. You said Bob Dylan. We talked about Kenny Crows. I see a Smashing Pumpkins shirt peeking <laughs> it's out. That's true, yeah. That's huge for me because that, <laughs> that album in particular was probably one of my biggest influences, the melancholy, melancholy and, and the, the infinite, infinite sadness. sadness yeah. So give me some of your influences. But I, but I had actually Marty from the open mic, the host of the open mic asked me this at one point. I thought it was such an intriguing way of asking this question before you were into music, maybe when you were younger, when you were riding around in the car with your mom and dad, and you didn't have a say in <laughs> the music that you listened to, what were some things that maybe influenced you then? Okay, yeah. Uh, I love that you framed the question that way because yeah. that, that puts me right back. Like so much of the music that really, um, you know, I first took notice of was exactly that. I sit in the backseat of the car, you yes. know, my mom had on like Mix 94.1 or whatever yes. back in, uh, back in the, the 90s. So uh, a lot of what first caught my ear was uh, those, you know, remember in the 90s when like alternative rock was like, Oh, mainstream do, all oh, of a do sudden. I? <laughs> yeah. no, that was my that was my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh it's like grunge like broke something open and like suddenly yeah. like it was cool to be weird for like yes. a few years. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember hearing like um like uh that song The Freshman by the Verve Pipe. That oh, was one I... of the first ones that like really like uh caught my ear, I think. That's like that's one of my bit next big gets. If I could get Brian Vanderark on this podcast <laughs> to talk about that song, that's like my next goal. Oh, yeah. Great. So yeah. I love that song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. great song. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess I was always something in my ear was always attracted to the way a lyric fell over like a melody, you know, and I remember that song specifically so well and like the way yes. he like uh the way he would like repeat things like can't be held responsible, yes. you know, like those uh, little hooks that he would put in into the, throughout the song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even as like a, like a six year old, like that stuff connected with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like Jewel was another big one who yeah. was around at that time. Um, great lyrics with, yeah, she had great lyrics yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and all those like weird, uh, little bands. What's the one, uh, God, what was that band? Uh, Vertical Horizon. Uh, oh, yeah. Everything yeah, You Want yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 So uh, these really kind of like pop alternative tunes. And I guess the more like tender side of that was like what I was really attracted to. Like yeah. this kind of these really earnest like 90s pop songs. Uh, and then, um, of course, I told you I got into Weird Al, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was obsessive. I really was. But uh, the cool I was thing always I curious about that because some of the ways that your music would go at open mic, I always thought, and I, and I don't mean that you. Weird Al can be kind of gimmicky at times, and I don't think you ever got to that realm, but I could tell that there was some influence, at least it seemed like there yeah, was. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely liked the the goofy Yes. Uh the goofiness and the humor. Yeah. But uh what it also was was a great like like you know, listening to all his albums as a kid, which I did, was a great like crash course in like pop music history, you know? And oh, it was yeah. a good like yeah. gateway into like other things. Like I remember hearing his uh, Nirvana parody, Smells Like Nirvana, yeah, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny as a kid, but I was also like, this kind of rocks, you this know? And rocks, then I, yeah. I had to, uh, I had to go steal my, uh, my brother's Nevermind CD when he wasn't looking. And then I got really <laughs> into, into Kurt Cobain, you know? And, uh, that was, a, that was another big band for me was, yeah. uh, 
was Nirvana. And I loved, Me as like, well. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I love, Nirvana was huge. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was, a, you know, I was a teenager uh, or I was like 12 when I, when I really started digging into them. And that was a yeah. little bit of a game changer because it was like, uh, you know, they were so raw like and uh, just just uh, different. Like uh, I, I, I came to like the strangeness of like Kurt's lyrics. Um, yes. And uh, just how much he didn't seem to care. He gave out that off that vibe. Like, I don't care about writing a pretty song. I don't yes. care about doing what people like, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, that was a little bit of a, um, uh, a thing, uh, for me that was, you know, kind of brought me into a bigger world. I, I like them still, but, um, he got, got me into an artist, uh, called, uh, Daniel Johnston. Uh, I'm not sure. I've not heard that name. Really. No. He's so, he's such a weird guy. I guess, uh, he part of how um, he got a little more attention was Kurt like wore his T-shirt on TV, wore a Daniel oh, Johnston really? T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, but he was he is a um, songwriter, uh, and uh, he made most of his most famous recordings in the '80s. Okay. Um, and uh, he would just self-record on these cassettes, and he yeah. lived in Austin, Texas, and he would just hand out these cassettes to like everyone he could he could find. Wow. And it was wow. really like eccentric, uh, you know, kind of goofy guy. Um, and uh, his recordings, if you listen to them they sound the, the fidelity is like terrible because they're all right. like home recordings made yeah. in the eighties, you yes. know, with like crappy equipment or whatever. Uh, but what's great about him is just, uh, this real like earnest, uh, like heart coming through in the music. Yeah. And, uh, he's also just a very clever, uh, wordsmith and he's yes. got some really good rhymes in there and stuff. So, yeah. um, I would say Daniel is, uh, is one of the bigger, um, influences on my style these days just yeah. because he, he, uh, I guess he's sort of an outsider musician. Like sure. he, he, he takes that, uh, it's that same quality that, um, you know, we we're talking about how weird Al can be like a little goofy. It's like Daniel is a little bit goofy. He's like offbeat. He's weird, but he, um, he's also, he writes so well about despair and like the darker side of life. And it's yeah. that kind of juxtaposition that, I really like, and I've Love really it. tried to do a little bit in my Love own it. music, I think. And even in, when Kelly and I were talking in his episode, we were talking about how heavy lyrics can get. And when your name came up, his observation was, yeah, Joey does the same thing. It's just, that's the way that he deals with angst and deals with all that stuff. And so I, th I thought that was an intriguing and interesting thought that, you know, I, for example, when I, back in the nineties, there were those bands like bare naked ladies and who did, um, Hey, now you're a rock star. Oh, Smash Mouth. Smash yeah. Mouth. <laughs> I hated those bands because sure. <laughs> my whole, my whole concept of music was I'm a rocker. It's gotta be serious. See, like I was listening to Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. It was all this deep emotional stuff yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I hated all this goofy stuff, you know? And, but, but that was just, they were speaking to a different emotion and sometimes even the same emotion, but just coming at it from a different perspective. Different angle, yeah. 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 It's funny you bring them up because, um, it, I'm picky about it. I am like, yeah. I bare naked ladies as a band. I have kind of love hate relationship with because sure. like, like a song, like one week, I don't ever need to hear one week again. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it like grates on my ears. Agreed. Cause it's just, I don't know. It's like so goofy as to be like pointless to me. I'm like, you're not saying anything, anything like right. no, there's nothing going on here, you right. know? But, um, some of their other tunes, like the Stephen Page tunes in particular, I feel like he's the, the probably the better songwriter in the band. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, the kind of uh, more uh, emotional places that he'll go sometimes sure. in a song like uh, like Brian Wilson or uh, 
uh, Jane, is it called Jane? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've got some good ones. So yeah. 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 But, uh, but, but I know what you mean. I'm, yeah. I'm not always, uh, I, I never quite wanted to be like Rivers Cuomo or just like that nerd rock guy, you yes. know, like I, yeah. I, 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 there's, I, I want there to be some kind of something to the music, some kind of, uh, yes. some kind of edge, I guess. I don't edge. know. No, yeah. totally. Totally. As I was listening to your album, I heard a side of you musically that I had never heard before because every time I would hear you at open mic, I always heard these clever, sometimes goofy, but always very interesting, fun, thought provoking songs that told a story. Uh, and then I heard this next song that we're going to listen to absolution and it floored me, man. Uh, so we're going to listen to it because there are so many great lines and I have so many questions for you about this song because it's so, again, it's so thought provoking. So let's listen to it right now. We'll come back and talk about it. So this is from Joey Hines, brand new album, hindsight available now everywhere. This is absolution. Absolution. Come to me. Drown my sins in your Sweet mercy, absolution, comfort me. Tell me I still will be deemed worthy. I've made mistakes, small and large. I won't defend them. I am guilty as charged, but I have to believe. That my soul can be saved That I don't have to finish This digging of my grave Absolution Come to me Drown my sins In your sweet mercy Absolution Comfort me Still will be deemed worthy of a new beginning, a fresh restart, a peaceful mind, and an open heart. I am changed for the better, and this change will last. I will prove to the world that I am not my past absolution come to me come to me drown my sins in your sweet mercy absolution comfort me tell me I insist will be Over you, years of regret and desperation to let me move on, let me walk in the light, let me atone, let me make things right. Absolution, come to me. Drown my sins in your sweet mercy, absolution, comfort me, tell me I still 
first of all, starting with the chorus really makes this song what it is. You're just right out of the gate. You're laying it all out on the line. Absolution, come to me. I'm desperate. I, you know, I need something. And so, and, and I feel like it's really indicative of the rest of the song because it ends up being this, dare I say, prayer or journal entry, <laughs> this really intimate thing. So talk to me a little bit about Absolution. Yeah. Um, Absolution uh, came from a really uh, genuine place. You know, like I said, a lot of the new album is, uh, is uh, talking about the past and dwelling on it and uh, especially on uh, maybe mistakes that one might feel that they made and feeling that things might have been somehow different if they had done you know xyz differently in their past you know uh so absolution is uh is about um it's about longing for uh forgiveness for um you know someone to tell you hey it's okay like you did the best you could and uh you're gonna move on from this and uh and be okay which um when when i say it like that maybe it doesn't sound that uh uh, that profound, but, uh, you know, for me, it, it, uh, it just was a real genuine thing. And it's, um, it's, I guess, yeah, like you said, it could be interpreted as a kind of prayer or like a, it's got a kind of gospel feel to yes. it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, that's something that is intentional. Um, I'm not really a religious person, um, specifically, but, uh, I didn't write it from a place of, uh, wanting a God to like give me absolution sure. specifically. Sure. Um, if people want to interpret it that way, that's fine with me. Yeah. You know, I think sure. the power of music sometimes is it's um, ambiguity, but and uh, it's universalism. So yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, it, it uh, works just as well as a song that you sing to your own uh, brain, you know, like uh, sometimes uh, you are having trouble forgiving yourself for like something yes. going on in, in yeah. your life, you know? So um, that's more the mindset I was in. And, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, me, uh, asking just someone, anyone in the universe to, uh, to tell me it's going to be okay because I can't find that kind of peace of mind in my own brain right now. You know, I've tried and I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to think about things differently, but I just haven't been able to so far. So that's what it, what it, what that chorus is really saying to me. Well, and I love what you just said about speaking to yourself and almost, uh, preaching to yourself, so to speak, if we're going to go down that religious road, because there, there's some elements in this song that I think are so crucial. And, and in my opinion, kind of missing in our culture today. And, and it was really, it's really interesting. I I've I'm, the first verse I've made mistakes, small and large. I won't, I won't defend them. I'm guilty as charged, but I have to believe that my soul will be saved, that I don't have to finish this digging of my grave. First of all, the humility of being able to say, I've done, I've done some stuff and you know what, I'm not going to try and defend it. I was wrong. And just that humility and, you know, in a world where everything is all about, look how great I am. I, I do no wrong. And so changing our perspective and, and allowing people the, the space to be able to do that saying, no, do this. It's okay. You don't, it's okay to admit when you're wrong, you know, and, and making that more normal, you know, for people to do that. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, with what you just said, I think like we live in a little bit of a harsh world sometimes, uh, where, uh, you know, it does kind of feel sometimes to people like they have to be perfect, you know, like you can't ever have made, uh, any mistakes. And, um, it can be a tricky thing because I do think, you know, um, people have to be held accountable for, um, for their mistakes. But I, I do think there is room in the world for, uh, for understanding and for, uh, 
redemption for people. You know, yes. I think just because someone, you know, did something bad doesn't mean, uh, you know, they have to be resigned to just always being shitty. You know, like I'm, what kind of message is that? You know. Yes, I'm so <laughs> glad you said redemption. It's right here on my list because <laughs> I'm going to jump ahead real quick to the to the third verse. It says, "Let me let me move on. Let me walk in the light. Let me atone. Let me make things right." There is that idea of. I feel like in, in a lot of ways, redemption is not a thing anymore mm. in, in our, at least in, in America, when you're talking about people making single mistakes and being canceled and being just run through the ringer. And I, and I think that's such an important element for us to grasp again, this idea of people can be redeemed. People can, uh, you know, whether it's recovery or whether it's you know, pay for, I don't even like the, the idea of paying for our sins, but when you come to that point where you recognize, yeah, this was wrong, I can do better. Now let them go do better. They don't have to stay in this place, in this prison, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's, again, it's kind of tricky because, uh, you know, you don't want to, um, just let people get away with like bad things. But totally. I think in the situation in this song, you know, it's a situation where this person, the singer has, uh, they've punished themselves. You know, yes. uh, there's yeah. a line about, uh, years of anguish, yeah. uh, over you years of regret and desperation too. Yeah. Uh, and that goes into the, let me move on thing that you let just me uh, mentioned. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, that's what it is. You know, this person's been living in that darkness. They've already, uh, they've already had it out in their own brain yes. for so long. Yeah. And, um, and you know, maybe we all need a, a modicum of that conscience. You know, we all need a little bit of that, but you can't, do it forever. You know, at a certain right. point you have to say, how long am I going to suffer? I, I think, uh, something I like in music too is, um, and this is something that I don't see a lot these days. Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, in, in media and, uh, in music, there's a lot of like sarcasm and a lot of like irony and a lot of like layers of like illusion, you know? And, yes. um, I'm a, I, I really appreciate just a good earnest you know, maybe a little bit sentimental song, you know, like I, and genuine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, this song was a little bit of an experiment in that for me too. Yes. Like how much can yeah. I take like this simple idea, maybe this little bit of an old fashioned idea of a person just repenting for their sins or whatever. Yeah. And like, how, how can I make that? How can I, how can I make it true to itself and make yeah. it kind of believable? So yeah. another line I wanted to touch on that really stood out to me, jumping back to the first verse, uh, I have to believe that my soul will be saved, that I don't, that I don't have to finish this digging of my grave. And these, this idea of recognizing that our problems, not all of them, but many, many of our problems are brought on by our own hand <laughs> and sure. how freeing that is that when we recognize that, that sure things happen to us, we can't control, but really when it comes down to it, we are in control of our destiny. And a lot of the pain that we experience is because of stupid decisions that we make and how, but, and a lot of people would think, oh man, that's depressing. No, that's freeing. Cause that means I'm in control. You sure. Know? Yeah. 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 It's true. Uh, yeah. It can go kind of both ways, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, you are kind of, you can choose, you know, when you're gonna change something in your life, you know? Correct. Yeah. Um, and that's, kind of what that line is saying. Uh, and it goes back to that, uh, what I was saying before about like, how long am I going to suffer over the same thing, you know? And, right. uh, yeah. kind of, uh, I think it's important to have that self-awareness and look around you and say yeah. like, what do I want to be different in my life? Yeah. And, uh, and if you have the power to do something about yeah. it. Then... Yeah. The one final line that I want to touch on in verse two, I, it, this, uh, was such a powerful, 
not only line, but this phrase, it says, uh, a new beginning, uh, a fresh restart, a peaceful mind and an open heart. That, that term, again, going back to some of my upbringing and my, my religious experience, open heart is such a powerful line. It's this willingness to learn. And, mm-hmm. and again, going back to things that I feel like have been lost in our culture and society, this idea of saying, show me my blind spots, show me where I'm inadequate and help me grow, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I just love that. Talk about that line a little bit. I'm so glad it works for you. It's uh, it's weird because when you, when you read it out loud to me, like it doesn't sound like my style. It doesn't sound like yeah. lyrics I usually write. You know, it sounds like a greeting card or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even really understand why it works because there's nothing particularly, uh, particularly unique or new in what I'm saying. But I think it just, it did come from a pretty, pretty, uh, genuine place, you know, yeah. and it's, uh, most of us, we just, uh, close our hearts more and more as we go yeah. through life. You know, yeah. you, uh, you have experiences and you, uh, uh, you get hurt here and there and you just, it, life is kind of a process of saying, all right, well, I'm not going to look over here anymore because, I had a bad experience with that and I'm not going to yeah. do this cause I just don't have time for that. And your, your focus, uh, kind of gets narrow and narrower for a lot of people, yes. I think. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe you have to have, uh, been around the block a time or two to kind of get it. But I think <laughs> sure. you, uh, I think, you know, there comes a point where you're like, wow, I wish I could just let people in, let things into my life that might make me happy again, the way yeah. I used to, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, yeah, that, it's, um, I guess it's about vulnerability. vulnerability. You know, the singer of the song is saying, I want to, uh, get to a place where I can let my guard down again because yes. of the, the happiness that that might yeah. bring me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, That's great, man. That's great. As, as we've been talking about this song, obviously there's a lot of religious language in terms. There's a lot of spirituality all throughout this song. You already mentioned you'd grew up in kind of a non-religious household. So you don't have a lot of background on that, but this is something that I've always been intrigued to know from every person I've had on the podcast, because I know for me as a songwriter, when I'm writing, uh, and maybe this comes from some of my background and how I was raised, but I can't help but feel that the ideas, the inspiration, whatever it is, is coming from outside of me because Mm. there's something that I just come up with things sometimes where I'm like, I have no idea where that came from, you know? And so it just feels like I'm channeling something or, or that, that I'm a conduit. And I know those all sound like really hippie buzzwords, but, but, but you know, understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't feel like it's me. I feel like it's something outside of me. And so I'm always interested with each songwriter I talk to what that experience is like for you in your experience. Where does your inspiration come from? Yeah. Um, I know the feeling you're talking about. Um, it's, I guess I I've had that same experience and to me it's like, uh, yeah, it feels less like I'm writing songs sometimes than I'm just plucking them out of the air, you know? Yes, it's like, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a great way of putting it, yeah. It's a really humbling experience sometimes because I'll sit down yeah. with my guitar and I, I won't have anything in mind. I'll just be playing and messing around or saying, what's going to happen today? And a song will just come out of nowhere, a little melody line or something that I think might make a new like chorus. And, and uh, it's really trippy because it's like, if I hadn't sat down today yeah. with my guitar, like that, that song wouldn't exist. Yeah. Would like, it, would I like, is this same, would I have found the same idea next week? Or I might not have yeah, thought of it maybe. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah totally. It's, it's yeah. It, 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 it just happened now. And yeah. that's really, uh, really, uh, 
it's weird. It's like, it's both humbling. Cause it's like, I didn't even really have to do anything. It just kind of happened, yeah, but yeah. it's also like, wow, I, I, I I'm really powerful. Like I, yeah. I made something happen. Cause just cause I, you know, so I think it's important to, uh, to, um, if you're a writer, I think the best thing, uh, you can do is just write often because, yes. because those things are just going to yes. fall in your lap sometimes. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of what you write might not be that great, but sometimes yeah. you will have those little things that yeah. just come out of thin air and yeah. it's like, wow. Um, to me, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, the universe thrown at, at sure. me or it might be like, it might be my subconscious, you know, it might sure. be something that I haven't, uh, realized has been, been like cooking, like, uh, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, underneath my brain. And it wasn't till I, you know, s- till I sat down to, and plucked out some chords that, yeah that, uh, I really realized I was even like thinking about this idea. So, um, yeah, yeah I don't know. There is something under otherworldly about it. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. One of the things that's really frustrating for me, I tend to be a pretty, I'll be honest. I tend to be kind of a control freak. I, t- I tend to be, I like to be very disciplined. I like to know that A plus B equals C, you know, sure. I, I can't tend to be that person, mm-hmm. which makes being creative torturous, so to speak, <laughs> because it's not like it's something that you can tame. Like you sit down to write and you want to write, mm. but then you don't know if what, like there are some of the times that I sit down with my guitar and I'm just sitting there in front of the TV or I'm just playing mindlessly. And then all of a sudden my fingers fall into something like, Oh, that's really cool. So then I record it, but I don't, I wasn't sitting down planning on writing something. It just happened. And then other times I go, I want to sit down and write something and then nothing comes, you know? And so it's amazing to me how, again, you can't tame it. It's not something that's predictable. It's just, it just seems elusive, you know? It is, it is. It's totally elusive. It's, it's, uh, it's like, yeah, you keep, you can try to pin it down, but I haven't been able to. So right, far, you know? yeah, like yeah. It's, and yeah, I've had that same experience where sometimes I'll be like, I want to write something really cool or complicated or like, you know, about this crazy idea. And I'll, I'll uh, be coming from it from, I'll be coming uh, to it from a really like logical place. Yes. And it just doesn't, doesn't it, happen. It feels forced. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so my, the only trick that I've been able to find is I, I, I'm a runner. So I, I just about every day will go out and run. And I have found this balance between, uh, whenever I go and run, I usually would have like headphones on. Cause you want to kind of take your mind off of like, Oh, my legs are hurting or I'm, I'm tired, you know? So you want something to distract you. So I started this practice where I would try to write lyrics while I was running. And it was this great, uh, kind of tightrope of walking between I'm trying to distract myself from my body. So I'm up in my head and I'm trying to write, which typically is bad if you're trying to write. But then as I'm running, I'm constantly aware of my body Hmm. because I'm, I'm tired and I'm, you know, like I gotta, you know, step up on this curb and I gotta do all these physical things. And so I end up walking this tightrope between my mind and my body. And some of my most productive writing times have been while running. And then of course I get home and I'm like, I've got like five new lines that I got to type down yet. I've got to put down so I don't forget them, you know? And so that's the only thing I've been able to find some consistency with. That's so funny. You mentioned that because I've had similar experiences. Um, there was, uh, like a Bob Dylan quote I ran across just recently, um, where he said something like, uh, if you're moving, you're probably gonna write a good song or something. Like, I, and, I believe that. And, yes. And yeah. I don't think he meant it like metaphorically. Like I think he, I think he meant, meant it like, literally if you're moving your body. Like so many times, like I've been driving in my car for some reason, driving is like magic. Like I'm just driving yes. and you're not really, it just, you know, kind of vaguely, you know, paying attention to the cars on the road, but you know, your mind kind of wanders and things when you're doing that and just songs will just happen. And in my brain and I'm like, I gotta like 
you know, I got to record, record my voice it, yeah. when, I can't I, when, I, when I pull yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's crazy. I don't yeah. understand it. Or going for walks is great yes. uh, for that same reason. I don't, yeah. I don't get it at all. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't either. It just, I, I can't, I can't argue with, uh, with results at that, at that point. Yeah. 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 I want to touch on just one last, uh, part of this song and it's the production side of it. Cause as I was listening to it, the piano playing in this was incredible and I, I loved it. And I loved the production. Did you play a lot of the instruments? Did you have other people come in and do stuff? Talk to me about the production on your album. Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of a Heinz site band. Um, oh, okay. Uh, you know, we weren't, uh, the kind of band I wish we could have done it more, but, uh, we didn't get to sit in the room and play all together, you know, all yeah. the time. But, um, there were three musicians who were there in the studio, uh, helping me out. Uh, they're on, uh, most of the tracks on the album. I think only one of, one of them is just me, but, uh, yeah. Um, that's Chris Dunn. Okay. on uh keys okay. uh, playing piano on, on yeah. both the songs we talked yeah. about today absolution and uh chinese and buffy and yeah. uh yeah he's amazing man he's he amazing. went to uh uh unlv i believe for music yeah. and uh he's currently a, a music teacher and he's got all these you know really kind of jazzy interests and yeah uh, he's a he's a super cool guy and i was really grateful that he was able to come in and play and then um uh russell christian uh is a uh another singer songwriter who lives in vegas and um he came in and uh, played lead guitar on okay. uh, a few of the tracks. Uh, he's on uh, Absolution too. Yeah, uh, that's uh, he plays those kind of um, those kind of liquidy uh, acoustic uh, lead lines that kind of sure. that kind of uh, are in kind of uh, placed in between and around the vocals. The vocals, and, uh, yeah. There's yeah. kind of a call and answer thing sometimes. Yeah. And uh, he also uh, he sings backup on um, Absolution. He's the other male voice you hear in the song besides mine. Okay. Um, so really cool guy. He's cool. Uh, when he uh, he has his own music, you can look up online, uh, and he plays kind of a, a alt country, like alternative country yeah. kind of rock style. Um, but when he came into the studio to do these songs, I heard like a whole different side of him, and he uh, he really has some like ripping solos oh, on a sure. couple of the yeah. songs, and yeah. uh, it was fun to see him kind of cut loose that way. Uh, and then uh, mandolin was the third musician who worked with me I on this. I love Mandolin. I didn't oh, yeah. realize. It. Yeah, I know, man. I've, I've seen her. She's coming here to open mic, and I actually met her at a different open mic in Vegas. Yeah, Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what she did for a long time, was she ran a few different yeah. uh, open mics, yeah. I think. Yeah. And uh, she played in uh, the band Coconut and the Clue. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, she plays djembe, and yeah. uh, she sings beautifully, and she's on the album a whole bunch, too. She's on she plays like, Absolution. She actually plays mandolin, right? Or she plays... Uh, she does play mandolin, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah her name yeah. is Manda Lynn, yeah, and she yeah. also does play a mandolin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, really awesome. Uh, so, the, yeah, that song, Absolution, um, is actually kind of special to me because it's uh, the only one on the album that has all four of us uh, oh, at cool. the same time. So, and she's the female voice. Exactly. And Absolution. Or... No, in Buffy, did she do the female voice in both Buffy? Of them, in both yeah, of them, yeah, okay. in both songs, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was great. Um, she's uh, Her voice appears kind of throughout the album. Yeah. Uh, and uh, specifically, like, as a, as a songwriter and lyricist, like, it's really kind of uh, really cool to, like, have someone come in and, like, uh, write harmonies for your stuff. And uh, she uh, put so much care into it. Like, uh, you know, she was telling me, like... Um, she put a lot of thought into like what line am I going to sing on and what line am I going to stay silent on because it's great. better when like when just Joey does this one you know and right. uh, it was really 
cool collaborating with her in that way. That That's so interesting you bring that up because that kind of leads me to the next question I was going to ask you. I'm always curious when you are working in a group like that and you've got some really talented musicians, did you have a lot of notes for the songs where you're saying things like, oh, I really want, this is what I'm looking for? Or do you kind of just say, hey, you guys... I'm cutting you loose. Do do what you do. For me, it is more often the latter. Okay. Um, I had like a few like little things, you know, like I'd say, you know, right here at the end of this verse, this is where we all stop together. And yes. No one plays for a second. Or, yeah. You know, little things like that. But uh, uh, if for the most part, it was a little looser than that because, um, well, really, I knew that these three people were kind of they were experts in what I was asking them to do. Sure, you know, sure. I had them, like I had Chris come in and play keys because he plays keys so much more efficiently than I can. Absolutely. You know, it would yeah, take yeah, me yeah. forever. I would have played my piano. Play, I could play piano my whole life and I wouldn't come up with the parts that, <laughs> that, uh, sure. that he did on this album, you know? Sure. So, um, so I, uh, I trusted their sensibilities on that kind of thing. And, uh, for me, it was fun to, um, to see what happened when I would just ask them spontaneously to, you know, to play a part. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of, you know, rehearsal, uh, or that kind of thing. Just a lot of just being in the moment and, uh, and trusting, kinda, trusting them and their sensibilities. Like you right, said. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. yeah, just jamming with each other kind of in a studio setting. So, um, yeah, it, you know, someday it might be fun to do like something like some kind of more, uh, progressive rock yeah, album yeah, or something yeah, that is yeah. like a little more specific with some parts written out or something. But, uh, but I really enjoyed, uh, working in this more kind of, um, almost like jam band like style, yeah. you know, where, uh, everyone just kind of brought their own thing to the yeah. table. And, and then, uh, talking about production, uh, we talked about the other musicians and then I, uh, I did work with a producer on this album named Rob Katz. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, that was so much fun Good. and he really brought, uh, so much out of the sound. It was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I sat at home and, uh, I did the rough mixes uh, myself, and uh, it, for a moment I was entertaining the idea, maybe I can mix this myself, you know, and uh, that was uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, a trial and error and kind of a mixed sure. bag of results. And then, sure. you know, once I worked with him and I was, I heard what he brought out of the sound, I was like, I can't believe these are the same tracks I recorded, you know, so. Totally, yeah. And, uh, and he was really uh, responsive and really um, collaborative in the sense that he, uh, he, everything he did was to serve the song, you know, uh, so, um, we ended up with a really, you know, clean sound, I think. And, yeah. uh, but it also, some of the songs sound a little bit different from each other. Like there's a song last minute that has a whole just different kind of vibe to yeah. everything else because that's just kind of wor what worked for that song. Yeah. So the skeleton of the song has to be solid. It has yeah. to be a good foundation. Yeah. Um, you know, the chords have to work like, uh, really it should work, uh, if it's just me, doing it and that's an easy thing for me to tap I into because i agree with that yeah. yeah yeah and it's easy for me to tap into because when i perform it's almost always just me you know i don't have yeah. a regular band that i play with yeah. around town uh so uh like most of the times that you've seen me here at the tap it's just me so i'm used to being on stage uh by myself and having to make that be enough you know sure sure um and then uh i also have i guess a pretty um a pretty uh harsh <laughs> like inner critic i guess yeah uh like I, I listen to my own stuff as if it's um someone else's stuff you know yeah. like i i listen to it and i'd say would this be good enough for uh if i just heard it on some cd if i heard it on 
a Leonard Cohen CD or a Paul Simon CD, you know, would this work? Would this, would it keep my interest? Would it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you know, you don't want to, uh, be too much of a perfectionist sure. or you'll never write anything, but you sure. do want a little bit of that. You want to write music that's interesting for yes. you to hear, because yeah. if it's interesting to you, then it's probably going to be interesting to someone else. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, from that point forward, it's a matter of, um, I guess I still think of it very artistically. You know, I, um, when I'm arranging a song, when I'm getting ready to record, uh, the whole picture, uh, it's, it's still about the world of the song. It's about how can, uh, what what can I put in this song that's going to add to the message or the yeah. meaning? You know, yeah. uh, it's almost like all the instruments are um, like a character in the song. Sure. You know, like sure. uh, I'm thinking about a song on the album called uh, Never Loved a Woman, which is uh, one of the more, um, I guess, dense, <laughs> densely produced songs on there. Yeah. Uh, and it's... Uh, so there's a rhythm guitar. There's actually two rhythm guitars. There's a um, six string and a 12 string. And uh, there's a bass. Um, and uh, there's keys. Uh, and there's drums. Uh, and then there's Russell's lead guitar, which only shows up at a few points, you know. Uh, yeah. And all these things have to um, kind of work together. So uh, both the rhythm guitars are doing something similar, and they're kind of doing this strummy thing. And then because they're doing a strummy thing, you want the keys to... Uh, you don't want them to be too plunky because otherwise sure. they're going to run into the strumming because they're yes. kind of in the same frequency range. Yeah. They're both kind of in this kind of mid, mid, uh, pitch range, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, uh, so instead the key line is, uh, it's a little more melodic, you know, it kind of plays like a counter melody to what the vocal's doing. And my vocal, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a tenor, but I, I kind of, uh, air on like the high side of things sometimes. So sure. I can run into the keys sure. too yeah. sometimes yeah. if they're too uh, melodic. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky and I'm not uh super, um, you know, uh, deliberate about it all the time. I'm more kind of trial and error about yes. it. I'll listen back and I'll say this just doesn't work, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so you want it to, I guess I like that counter melody idea in general because it's, it gives you a little something. Uh, it's almost like, maybe a vocal harmony sometimes performs that same function, but this song doesn't have one. So instead the keys are working around the yes. vocal and just adding a little more color into yes. uh, the lyrics and what's being said yeah. and making you think about them just a little differently. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the rhythm guitar and the bass and the drums all kind of work together to keep the song chugging along. They're, they're yeah. all kind of working as a rhythm section. They're the foundation and then, uh, of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, I do want to talk about Russell's lead guitar on that because that is, he's playing, it's a, kind of this pretty like, piano led song but he's playing this loud distorted like rock guitar yeah uh and that is um something i really like it, it was his idea but i but i just think it works so well for the world of the song because it's the song is about uh um i guess secrets and it's about repression and it's about holding things in and yeah. being afraid to let them out yeah and uh every time the chorus comes and there's like a little bit of like a climax in the lyrics, that's when the guitar like rages in and it's yeah. like the person's um, emotions just like exploding Ex into the song. Yeah. And then they kind of like dissipate into the air again for yeah. another verse to happen. And yeah. uh, so I guess, yeah, I think about it very, um, I, th I think about it like I, I, it doesn't, 
I, I think about it the same way as I do when I'm writing the song as when I'm producing the song. Yeah. Uh, it's all about telling a story. That's yes. what the bottom line is. I think if I got too bogged down in the details and yes. what gear I'm using or in, you know, what, you know, what decibel level something is, yeah. that, then I, I don't know if that always serves you. You gotta, you gotta kind of, um, my friend, Mike Z, who, uh, who used to run an open mic here in town. Yeah. Um, he, he, taught me a little bit about mixing and one of the things he says is uh you gotta mix with your ears you gotta listen to what's happening you know that's kind of more important than any specific like uh technical discipline is sure. you gotta hear what's happening yes. and you gotta hear how it's gonna land on the ear of the listener so. yeah absolutely yeah the one thing that i will i will reiterate and that i i believe this wholeheartedly and I, it's something that i just within the past few years have started to implement in my own music. The idea of the, the skeleton of the song being there is so important. I, I tend to be this kind of complex rock guy, you know, and so yeah. I got these, lot, these crossing guitar parts going and all this kind of stuff. And then I, when I did my album evolution, I did this kind of accompanying uh, album called acoustic evolution. I was like, I want to find a way that I didn't have a band at the time. I wanted to find a way to go out and play these songs. And so I stripped them down and sometimes in some ways, in some of the songs, I rewrote them almost completely to fit me and an acoustic guitar by, by myself. Oh, wow. And so now it's almost like no matter what song I write, I have to have the stripped down acoustic version because I want to be able to go not only do it at open mic and go and do it on my own, but it, that to me is almost like, okay, that's, that means it's a good song. If I can do that, if I can make it that, if I can simplify it so much that it sounds good here, then on its own, it's a good song. Then I can add all this other stuff to it and I'm only going to add to it. But if it, if that core isn't there, then I, I don't, I don't know if I should go forward with it. So I, I completely agree with yeah. that. I completely agree with that. The other, the other thing I was going to ask you as we were talking about sitting down uh, with our guitar on our couch, when you, when you do that, what do you find uh, is the first thing to come to you? Are you kind of a chord progression guy? Are you a melody guy? Are you a lyric guy first? What, or, or does it maybe change from song to song? Um, it does change from song to song. Uh, having been writing for, you know, over a decade now, I think I, I, it's happened every which way. Okay. Uh, I've had songs where, you know, I had a chord progression and I, made up something to fit it. I've had songs where, uh, it was just a poem where it was just words on a page yeah. and I, you know, I had to came up, I came up with a melody and chords later, you know? Yeah. Uh, but most often for me, it's, um, it's words and a melody that happen almost at the same time. Okay. It's something that will pop in my head and it will be a phrase. Uh, I guess, I guess kind of what I was talking about earlier, like what, we, uh, what used to strike me about songs on the radio was the way words fell over a melody, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so usually that's what it is. Like a, just a little turn of phrase that I can't get out of my brain for whatever reason. Yeah. And then I'll have to sit down and, and come up with a song for the rest of it, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm always writing things down as I just go about my day. Um, right. what I do now is, um, it's kind of silly, but I have my Gmail app on my phone Yeah. and, uh, Gmail drafts, you know, they just like auto save when oh, you exit okay. the yeah. app or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's just 
uh, there's probably a better app you could have or something, but that's just the quickest thing for me lately is to just put something in my Gmail drafts and then it's just there it's for there. when I need yeah. it later. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do that all the time. And so when I sit down with a guitar, sometimes I just look at those and I'm like, what, yeah. what can I, what can I write today? Um, so, so, yeah. so going along with that, I, I'm the same way. I have dozens of voice memos on my phone of yeah. melody lines, sometimes lyrics, uh, typically chord progressions, melody lines are what come to me first. Uh, but then I've got, like I said, dozens and I will develop, you know, one or two at a time. And I'm always interested, uh, cause a lot of the songwriters I talk to operate that same way. They have all these ideas. What is it about an idea that kind of makes it rise to the top where you say, Oh, I got to do something with that now to where mm-hmm. it doesn't fall down your list of drafts, but you go, Oh, I'm, I'm working on this next. Um, it's that's, I, it's okay. It's listen. It's not that different from when you get a song that you like stuck in your head from okay. like the radio or something, yeah. you know, it's like, I can't stop singing this song. Like I can't get it out of my brain. I keep thinking about it. So when that happens with, um, uh, one of my own songs, that's exciting. I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, like, so I'm onto something good here because I can't, can't stop thinking it's about memorable, it. It's you know? memorable. Something memorable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that does happen occasionally where all of a sudden I just have to like drop everything else and just go write, you know, whatever song it's not super often, but it's exciting when it happens, you know, yeah. cause it, I think it is, uh, you got to trust that little part of your brain sometimes. I think that can be a sign that you're onto something good. Totally. So. Totally. Well, we're going to hear one more song from Joey. He's going to play it for us right here live. And uh, for those of you listening, you can actually watch this entire episode as well as his performance on our second echo locals community at locals.com. This song, Joey, is uh, the song that you entered for the finals of our songwriting competition that we had here at the Thursday night open mic at the tap in Boulder city. Uh, this was his offering for the final round. And remember, for those of you listening, we've talked about this in other episodes. It had to be based around the phrase around the bend and everybody else wrote these really meaningful, heartfelt songs (laughs) and Joey and his Joey Hines style came up with this. So we're going to hear you right now play your version of Around the Bend. Here we go. I stayed up all night long Feeling down, feeling wrong I stayed up all night long Trying to write this God song I'm going to the open mic I want to play a song the whole room will like But that's easier said than done When the writing process is no fun Cause my freedom's been imposed upon By this contest that they have going on And I have to use a certain phrase That only lends itself to lame cliches Never let anybody tell you how to make your art Art is not about pleasing a crowd It's about sharing your heart So if someone tells you they know better 
That person isn't your friend Tell them to take their opinions And shove them up and around the bend I love coming to this bar And hearing my friends play guitar They always leave me mesmerized When I'm munching on my truffle fries But now I just feel swamped All because of this stupid prompt Forcing inspiration is such a chore I hope the judges don't give me a low score Never let anybody assign a numeric value to what you feel Art is not about mathematics It's about keeping it real So if someone's trying to change your style Here's what I recommend Take their advice and shove it up and around the bed I'm really not the bitter type It's not my tendency to grumble and gripe I don't like to be negative I always say live and let live so if you find competition inspiring That's good for you, but it's just not my thing It was hard to think of something to say So I had to do it my own way Never let anybody take away your creative control Art is not about appeasing others it's about bearing your soul Gosh, I hope you don't think me too rude I don't mean to offend Take this heartfelt apology Take it up and around the bend Joey, never before have I laughed so hard at someone mocking me and making fun of one of my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it worked for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Joey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Best of luck to you and all of your uh, musical endeavors. Just uh, keep plugging away, man. Keep doing what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's been really fun chatting with you. My pleasure. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Sing Along podcast. And don't forget, if you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, just go to locals.com and join our Second Echo Locals community to access lots of great bonus content and material. If you'd like to support this podcast, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, or you can tap the support link provided in the episode notes. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button at the top of the page and then share this podcast with other music lovers and songwriters. If you'd like to submit a song or another artist to be on an episode of this podcast, you can email me at casey at singalongpodcast.com. Again, that's casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at singalongpodcast.com. And until next time, this is Casey from Second Echo saying, don't be afraid to write a new melody. And don't ever forget when you find one, 
to sing along. 